buzzing out there. Um, keys just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, and we'll see if good things will happen for us. Yep! <laughs> 50, baby! Episode 50. Just dishing it, boys. I had to do something funky. I totally, I totally thought I didn't that know you we just walked that. away to go get water or something <laughs> off camera and just forgot that we were starting when I didn't see you. On the uh, like after fifty episodes, this is the shit you're gonna pull. <laughs> oh my Man. god, I can't believe it's here. Episode fifty of Just Dishing It. Good we're day. back. Joined as always, Tudes, Big D, Derek Hoskin. What's going on, boys? How are we feeling? It's episode 50. I got the jitters, dude. I can't believe it's already been 50. Yeah, I really didn't even like think about it, but someone had asked me a couple weeks ago, like, how long have you guys been doing this? And I was <laughs> well, like, I was thinking back to like when we did practice episodes, like before we even dropped any that are like somewhere saved in the archives. Oh my but God. since we actually dropped, like it's been a full year. We've only really missed two weeks, and that was for the holidays, like right around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. been a year, dude, and it's been a wild ride, boys. Yeah, definitely, it's been pretty crazy. Fifty episodes, I, you know, definitely pretty. You know, it. We keep saying it. The consistency is key, and it's been good to see the following go up and the brand, you know, kind of developing over time with the fifty episodes. Mister, shout out, Mister Wittick for uh, our nice new, uh, fresh uh, background and our soon to be nice new graphics for the social media posts that uh, well by the time everyone hears this yeah that's those new graphics be out, yeah yeah that's true but so yeah, no, let us know what you think of that because the man killed it on those we love them we think it's uh it again lets us uh and also change. shout out to maddie for the new uh the new you know the new branding for the the just oh, yeah. brand too i mean oh yeah you know we got a whole bunch of switch ups going on here just cultivating absolute gems. He's on a heater right now. Some of the, the retro 90s stuff with the logos, the remix and the logos. I fucking love when he does that because he, you know, because I know how much fun he has doing it and it's always amazing. Yeah. I love it. He, he literally, he literally has me. Mac- a Mac, Mac Miller quote and that one was awesome. Was that the, was that the Phoenix one maybe? I don't remember what he used it for, which one, but there was there's some good ones. There's some fire out there. I thought it was crack the Kraken. Maybe it was the Kraken. I don't. We'll find it. Everybody else can find it in the caption. But um, no. He, when um, I remember he's like, you got to make a list because I he did the Phoenix ones and then I sent like a few. I was like, I'm not gonna say the rest of them because some of them are he's posted, some he hasn't. So save the surprise, obviously. But yeah. What a treat that would be to make that a collab with one of those teams. The NHL oh, stuff yeah. being so lame with their fanatics crap. Fanatics, fanatics sucks so bad. Like there's literally been times where like either for any team really, right? Like football, baseball, hockey, whatever. Uh, I've gone online to look for new apparel just because I wanted to order something cool. And then I see like all the fanatics. Flyers gear? No, absolutely not. They're trash. Um, but uh, I, as soon as I see like the fanatics branded thing, I just don't. I won't buy it. <laughs> I won't do it. I just can't do it. Like the, it's just the quality's not. It's the 
I like, you know, Fabletics, the stuff I've, Kevin Hart endorses. Yeah, I've seen that. Shout out, shout out Kate Hudson. Shout out Kate Hudson. Yeah. Tremendous. See, I haven't done it because don't you have to buy a subscription? Like you have to pay monthly? Yeah, but you can. Um, you can. You can just order some stuff. I think it fits so perfectly with the Probably my favorite singular piece, I would say, out of all of them. I just also love the like coyotes like merch though. Like yeah. the Kachina stuff is awesome and like the like subtle background shit that they do. And then like even though like this this bottom you know, in this bucket hat, you can see that bot. Like they use that on the bottom of the jerseys. There's yeah, just a lot, lot of trim. Stuff. Yeah, just a ton of style and the coyotes stuff that they're wearing. And this is, I really liked this post today that the boys threw up of oh, all yeah. of the different style from Black History Month. There's been some really cool jerseys been going around. You know, just furthering our our uh, our passion on you know trying to make some sweet looking hockey gear. Yes, yeah, sir. Couldn't have said it better. That wild logo that Dumbo's wearing, or is that Greenway? Um, let's. See. I think that's Greenway. I think uh, it's Greenway. Greenway. Yeah, my God. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool one. That's one I can't get enough. I love the by. What a drippy number from Quentin Byfield too. Fifty-five. Mm-hmm. That seems like a defenseman number, and he's just a stud forward. Gotta love that. Big time. Um, kind of wish he was in Buffalo, but I'm happy with Krebs. Don't don't listen to this Peyton Krebs. I love you. Um, <laughs> you killed it in that mattress ad on Instagram, by the way. <laughs> I would love one of those mattresses. We can get them on the pod, get them a sponsor. Anyways, gentlemen, we started when we got in to fire up this chat. I mean, we're going to get to some kind of, I don't want to say celebratory stuff, but some reflections after 50 episodes a little more. Derek and I decided to go back to a certain well as gamblers here. We're both on edge about it. We have this thing now where it is called a gambling blacklist. What is that, Ben? That is a list that we have now created individually, updated weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever you want to do. It is where a team bones you, just keeps punching you in the face every time you bet them. I'll pull mine up and I'll I'll read it for you, but again, we'll say no, public no, enemy number one. Well, I mean, you could argue that for. I think Buffalo enemy. sports in general just is horrible to bet on. Yeah, I, I just ah, the Bills are not the Bills, terrible. The Bills were a cover machine, except yeah. those bad losses they had. Yeah, but, but the thing, because the thing with the Bills though is like every time you, every time you think they're a lock and you're gonna smash them to cover, like against Jacksonville this year, they lose <laughs> nine to six and there's not a touchdown in the game, and you're like, why the fuck did I? Here's the thing game? though, that but then game? you, but then you don't bet the Bills and they win by thirty, and it's yeah. like you just can't, you can't pick the Bills correctly. I will leave picking the bills for Howard on 550. You know, everyone's favorite segment. Howard picks the bills in the morning there. But um, what I will say, 
for the Jacksonville game specifically, the spread was so ridiculous for an NFL game. It's like I'm just not like? I'm just not going to bet on it. See, but I learned I learned my lesson points. with that because I used to be the guy that bet the entire slate in college football. And every year, the first couple of weeks, right, when those big teams like a Clemson or an Alabama is playing a cupcake, the spread scares you, right, because you'll see like minus 31 or minus 35 and you're like, holy shit, they got to cover by, you know, 30 plus points. What they cover basically every single time. Like, there's a reason the spread is that big, and that's kind of how I started to look at it. Is like, all right, I'm not going to be afraid of this because if it's a three touchdown spread, like they're just that much better. There's certain teams like that, right? Like Alabama comes to mind, Georgia more. I mean, obviously that's you know? a little more drastic, right? Because in the NFL, the parodies like you know, a little bit, <laughs> you know, more it even, really, it's, it's more evenly matched. So you're never yeah. going to see a three touchdown spread in an NFL game. I will say it's really scary how accurate Vegas is on stuff. Like the other day, um, Sunday night, my buddies and I decided to do like a six leg parlay. Everyone find your best two legs, whatever, multi-sport kind of thing. And I was up in the air between, can't remember what it was, but I know for a fact that I was iffy on, it was Islanders puck line plus one and a half. And it was like minus 270. And I looked at their like stats. They're like the worst team in the league covering the puck line and stuff like that. I was like, I'm going to stay away. They won like four nothing or some shit like that. I was like, mm-hmm. you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. And like the number one to the, you know, the worst team to cover the puck line and they blew them out by just an insane amount. And it's scary how accurate Vegas is. Yeah. It was like it was like a lot. Yeah, they've seen I it all before. 70. <laughs> yeah, they know how to trap you for sure. Given it would be amazing to get insight into like that war room of how they come up with them, like the people that are crunching those numbers. That would fascinate me. It's insane. What was so? What's the what's our what's our ah. blacklist here, Ben? Yeah, get back Black to that. Was, yep. So relevant for one of my bets tonight. Got over and obviously recording this on Wednesday, but just for an example, I have the St. Louis Blues, New York Rangers over five and a half. The St. Louis Blues are on my gambling blacklist. The reason I'm going away, the Rangers are at home. That crowd is fired up this year. That is a good factor. The Rangers are a good hockey team. Taking a chance on it. Five and a half is a good number. At plus money, am I sitting here saying, yeah, Vegas probably knows something. I don't care. You got to give these – they've been on the blacklist for me for a month and a half, St. Louis. First team to be on the blacklist. So I got to give them a chance to get off of it. Yeah. Did you say you take the over in that game, buddy? Yes. Okay. I'm just – I i haven't watched St. Louis at all this year. Um, They're weird. Quite, quite They're frankly, weird. I haven't watched a single game of St. Louis, but I was actually at the Penguins-Rangers game on Saturday night in Pittsburgh this past weekend. And – yeah, not a big deal. Um, shout out to my girlfriend for the Christmas gift. Um, yeah. I needed but, that uh, night goal, too. Yeah, so, so that's what I'm saying, though. It was a one nothing Penguins win, and the Rangers, like, I mean, granted, Tristan Jari played out of his mind that game, but Rangers tend to, like, not score a ton. I mean, they have Igor Shosturkin, obviously, being the Vezina front runner, and, I mean, even in that game, he got the loss and only gave up one goal, but, like, I struggle with that because I always want to hit that over like you're talking about, Benny, but like shit with the Rangers, I don't know. I hear you. And I knew that doing it. And this is part of the game we play, right? 
but it's somewhat where I like that number. I like that it's plus money. I like that it's at New York. Yep. They kind of, they roll off that crowd. It seems they can be in high scoring games and just cause it seems like they haven't been lately. That's why I took the chance on it. Yeah. Cause again, your boy's still playing with house money courtesy of JB smooth at Caesars since okay. the very beginning. I haven't, I've put 25 of my own dollars in my Caesars account. I, I guess that real makes big bath last right? week. Yeah. I took a real big bath. Uh, I'm, I'm, we're not gonna we're not gonna plug um, our our tails here unless they're tossing us some gambling money. But uh-huh. uh, but my guy was awfully cold last week. Awfully cold. Yeah. Starts That's off happened. the week eight and two yesterday though. So yeah. you know, it's like you got to ride. You got to ride. ride. All the time. But the thing ride. is though, Tudor, and that you know, you said it on um, last week about it. It's like you got if you're gonna tail someone, you got to tail him heavy. The problem is, is that he is a notorious like he has. He's just got a bookie or whatever. Yeah, he bets through a bookie. Yeah, so he puts like single game parlays in all the time that are like over one and a half first period, and then over alternative line of like five and a half. He That's- loves. That. Yeah, and that's I where it's... I can't I can't play it. So I got to pick and choose. And then when you pick and choose, then like one misses or whatnot. So I feel like but when you pick and choose out of the parlay, though, I feel like you kind of, you know, you have a better chance because both of them have to hit for him. So, to hit, so what I used to do a lot in that is because you guys like parlays. So I wouldn't do like the six legs or whatever. Oh, no, like, these are like two legs. I would yeah. do I would do a lot of like two to three legs when I was doing them. But what I would do is I would bet if I did a, a two leg parlay, let's say I'd place three bets. I'd bet each game individually and I'd parlay it because Mm -hmm. typically like, I mean, now you can get screwed, right? Because if both teams lose, you kind of get fucked. Mm -hmm. But like, then if He's you go, like then if you go one and works. one, a lot of times you're pretty much breaking even. If you go one and one, because most of the time in a parlay, right, like you're pretty confident about most of the picks in there, unless you're throwing real high odds just to try to make a half a million dollars. Um, but like, <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're doing a standard like two three leg parlay, you you honestly think each bet's going to hit individually. So I would do the straight bets and the parlay together. And then usually, like, if you win two out of three, you're either going to break even or maybe even make, like, you know, five, ten bucks here and there. But it's not going to kill you. Um, so that was always my strategy with it when I did bet parlays. The only thing is, is that he throws in a lot of, like, really heavy favorite stuff, like alternative lines. Like, he'll lower the, the over-under to, like, four and a half. Or, like, even the team to- – and I can't change the team totals also. He loves doing that. He'll, like, uh, so lower he – would- totals to like the line is set at three over three and a half or three and a half and he'll do over two and a half team total and then pair it with something else to like get a like he tries i've kind of noticed he tries to get it to an even like minus 110 minus 115 right around there if he's gonna parlay some like really heavy favorite stuff it's a good amount of juice like i don't like betting like minus like 180s and all that shit or like anything higher but yeah that's that's tough when you're trying to tail a guy or an account that is not on the same sports book that you are and the thing is and it's kind of annoying and it's definitely because he's getting pumped money from wherever he bets through obviously because like people comment back and they're like dude we can't play these plays and it's like 
And then he just like throws a reference to like an online sports book that he's definitely getting cash through. So it's, it's, it's kind of tough, but like, what am I going to do? Not take his picks. I mean, yeah, there's ways, there's still ways you can tell. So here he has been giving alternatives to the single game parlays that he can't play. Like he'll, Follow up, yeah. Tweet for, that, if you can't take this, go with this. For example, though, when he does goal in first ten minutes, so if you think there's going to be a goal in the first ten minutes, take the odds are first period, right there. So yeah. it's like it's not the exact bet, but you're getting the idea of how he thinks the game's going to go roughly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's no, not, but you you know again, like you're saying, when you're tailing someone, you want to tail them. You want to see the full results of yeah. Like you know, I want to actually go eight and two, not like you know, like whatever it is, you know, to make up for his, you know, whatever the picks are, kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, and the reason that I and I'll add that the Sabers are on my blacklist because I've bet them both ways, bet against them, bet for them, and they fuck me every time and so um but both of the accounts for hockey that i follow that were heavy on it today so i was like all right i guess we're rolling with it the hottest gambler in pro sports right now likes it so there we go um and i just i i he tweets too much to turn on the notifications but i've been missing some of his picks lately honestly yeah you suck do you set Twitter notifications for individual accounts? Yeah, you can. I, no, I know only, you can, but I'm. At, do you? Just literally, just my, just the guy that I tail because he comes in hot at like six forty-five before game time, and I've missed some plays before for the early slate because he tweets like way too late. So I, I usually just like filter out all the stuff during the day is just a like getting deleted out of the notifications but once it comes in later on in the day because like and then he'll do like mid-game freebies too so like it's kind of nice to have if i'm not watching the actual game like he'll you know, tweet out some stuff like that but it's literally the only account that i actually have notifications i just asked that because that's dedication right like that I mean, it's like, just it's because i've i've gotten screwed on missing it like like where i look at like 705 and the game started and he's heavy on the early slate kind of thing and then i'm like all right i'm out of picks for the day kind of thing with right well like elio mr ice from barstool if anyone wanted that he's out there he's very public most people know who he is but on hockey right he's mr ice the thing with him he even tells you like he his unit is three thousand I mean that guy. If he's telling you to bet something, there's a, a single there play. is a he there is a reason. Right. Yeah, there is a reason he likes it. He, yeah, whatever he's, he's doing, he's, he's doing going. some kind of you know Excel work on there. There's something that he's been doing that's working, and he's been over the years. He's very consistent. See he the parlay he hit yesterday. See, that's where it's like you're going to do alternative lines on stuff is what you got to do if you're going to start parlaying stuff, and that's usually pretty much what I I did that tonight. What did he have? A five five leg hit yesterday? That was like bunch of over under alternatives and money lines. Yeah, he called. Yeah, and he called. He had Detroit beating Carolina. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the crazy one. What a psycho move. Yeah, I think he had the over at and five that, and a half. And in that that game in, yeah, and it was in an overtime. That that was not going for the over literally until the last like three minutes of the game. It, it, mm-hmm. it went three three, and then they won in overtime four three, and yep. the over hit, but. I had it the other way. 
Yeah. I was no, not he's, tailing. I was not tailing Detroit. I mean, the only thing is that Detroit was at home. So yeah, he's awesome. So that's why, you know, the Sabres are I don't have them on a list. They'd be on their own list, honestly, at this point, because I'm a fan. <laughs> so um okay, to, get, to get back to my, the, the blacklist. Um yeah, they're in a territory of their own still. Um <laughs> So I went through the St. Louis Blues. They were the team that really started the blacklist along with, I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I know that's ironic, but my God, that loss. They had a couple, what was it, over the, was it Friday night? People are starting to ask, does Jack Michael make (laughs) teams worse? They're just they're you know, only tell. from from what I have seen in these this the games they've been losing. I mean, the goaltending is just awesome. I don't know I don't know if I don't know what's going on. They're just they're having a rough stretch with goaltending because mm-hmm. they're they're in the games. And honestly, the game they lost against the freaking Coyotes, you could tell that from the jump they weren't. That was that classic. They're looking, all right, who do we play tomorrow? It was that classic thing you see with the teams better. They overlook the opponent. And there's the 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 Oats had a chip on their shoulder. Good for them. Good for them. They've been taking it on the chin in the hockey world lately, the organization as a whole, I think. But oh, the ASU. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, which is gonna be fascinating, but my god, is that a bad look for the NHL? Oh, it's Sorry. terrible. I um, it's pretty it's like actually going through it's really yeah. ridiculous. Um so St. Louis and Vegas were kind of the first two that got this list going for myself. I you know said, Ben, you gotta you gotta do something, you gotta keep track of these criminals that are preventing you from winning some money here. Frauds. Next time we're getting off the ice, though. We're heading to the pitch. Everyone's least favorite London club. No, I'm not talking about Arsenal, Toots. I am talking about the Tottenham Hotspurs because they are a hot mess. They stink. They beat Man City. They look like a friggin' team. They come out the next week. Guess who they lose to? Third from the bottom, Burnley. Just getting, they just, they can't. Is it our boy Waltz team? No, that's Brentford. Ty Brentford, B. Okay. Sports is a Spurs fan. Okay. And, um, you know, just there – for those that don't pay attention to the Premier League, you might not see the frustration. They got one of the best strikers in the world. They have all the talent offensively, and they go games where they can't score against a team that's got like a minus 30 goal differential in the Premier League. It's just like you think you're like, all right, there's that you know, too. You were a college football guy, right? The letdown yep. spot after a big win. Oh yeah, totally. Week after they beat Man City, but it's like sometimes you're like, okay, this is what they need to string something together. They just beat the team that's in first place in dramatic fashion. They scored in like Kane buried one in like the 88th minute or something after Leicester or Man City tied it on a penalty kick. Um, so it's just like ah. Again, you keep giving these teams chances, and then finally I was like, you know what, Bla- that, that's why this blacklist is a blessing because I would have just forgot about that lesson. A couple weeks I would have bet them again, and they would have hosed me again. But nope, right here, baby. Got them on the blacklist. By the way, we're on the Premier League topic. Quick plug for the Liverpool Reds. Carabao Cup champions. Dudes, I'm sorry. That's why you don't sub on a goalie. For penalty kicks, it's just a—it's an inferior move. I'm a Thomas Tuckle fan, great manager. 
Don't like that move. All right. Fair enough. Don't like that move. Um, if you guys, and again, if some, if you're following, you don't follow the Premier League, don't know what happened, go YouTube that. There are some tremendous memes out there now of uh, the goalkeeper, the backup for Chelsea, Keppa, just absolutely skyrocketing this fucking penalty kick out of Wembley Stadium after the Liverpool backup keeper buries one on him. Just not good. I felt bad for him. I really did because that was that would have been good in the uprights in the NFL from sixty yards. That thing that was incredible. The way he no, maybe maybe it's just me, Benny, because like I messed around. Like I I always liked soccer as a kid. Um, growing up in Rochester, we had like we went to all the Rhino games and stuff. Like, I just like the sport. I think it's entertaining. But one thing I've never understood, coming from a guy that didn't play the sport competitively. How do you sky it that bad? Like, I get it if it's, like, a bouncing ball in, like, the middle of the field or if it's on a cross and it takes a hop because, like, you're trying to kick a ball that's not stationary and, like, I get it. It comes off your foot weird, whatever. But how do you sky a penalty kick that bad? So, a couple ways. Mostly it's bad technique. Sometimes it can be bad luck. Or you could be a goalie who's taking a penalty kick and not trying to save one. That could be a problem too. So, but like, even if you're a goalie, right? Like, you are still a professional soccer player. I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, he's keep in mind too. Maybe the most meme chirped guy in the Premier League is that goalie. Is that guy? I Fair mean, enough. he just he gets a hard time. Liverpool won the coin toss, remember? So he's kicking the all those maniacs who I absolutely adore, just maniacs in the fan section right behind the net, just fucking screaming at him to miss it and everything. You know he made eye contact with one of those absolute animals, just 17 ales deep, just screaming at him. Put it up here, up here, or doing one of these like he's kicking a field goal. You know he saw something that got in his head. Yeah. But um, mostly what I think happens is, you know, penalties – they're stationary, obviously. If you plant down and you go to hammer that thing and your plant foot slides just a little bit and you catch okay. yourself and you're like, what's your instinct when you slip? You stand up, right? Worst yep. thing you can do when you're kicking a soccer ball because that pulls your weight up and you're going to follow through high. You're not leaning over top and striking down on it. That's what keeps it down because the balls now, dude, they're, they go. I mean, they go. And I mean, yeah, the net's huge, right? But – Still, right. if the slightest thing in technique can screw it up. It's the same thing for if like a soccer player watches our game tonight, if they decide to come to the Harbor Center and watch me sky 16 shots high off the glass from the slot. How do you do that? It'd be kind of the same. Well, thing, yeah, right? but I mean, there's there's defenders in front of you. And let's be honest, like you you're going to close your eyes and shoot the puck. You don't know where the hell it's going. This is it true. Just go, it just goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, nobody like, I mean, everyone wants to go bar down, right? Like, this it is, is true. what it is. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Goals just look sweeter when you go top shelf. So, and then that's the thing too, what they teach you um, again, very minimal level of soccer penalty yeah. kicks are in tight like that. You go top corner or you keep it low. Don't go in the middle because that is a keeper. When you dive, like just the natural human, like when you spread over to dive and you guess the right way, your general height of where you're going to dive most of the time is that middle. You're not going to be all the way down, but you're not going to be able to reach it in the top corner. 
So that can be why guys miss high or they miss wide down low sometimes. And it's so it's such a mental thing because you got the you know, you just got to keep a cool head. And when you don't take a lot of them and you're usually on the other side, just that one little like you forget. It's the easiest thing, right? Repetition, lean over, lean over, lean over. When you got 10,000 Liverpool maniac fans, just absolute gems, love the cop, traveling to Wembley, they're just sitting there just like, and you can see them. They're at the end. That gets in your head. And, I mean, Keller heard, too, the, the Liverpool keeper just standing there. Normally goalies do jumping jacks. They, like, start moving. He's just like, waiting for it. So he's like, why isn't this guy moving? There's all kinds of little gamesmanship, mental stuff, but not making excuses. I felt bad. My team won. It's good stuff. Loved it. But yeah, bad miss. There's a, there's a great meme out there too, where someone took the background out. I don't know if any, I'll try and find it, but they put like a, an NFL thing when they kicked the field goals. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I mean, the background, it was perfect. It was so funny. You always got teams looking for kickers. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> Hey, if, yeah. if, yeah. uh, if he gets tired of being a backup, he could just go kick for like the bears or something. There you go. True. Shit. But, um, and then I got one more on the blacklist right now before we get too distracted. I know we got on a tangent there, but I gotta be honest though. This team is at the top of the list. I don't know how they got first on the order. Toots. Huh? The Pittsburgh Penguins. In parentheses, when Tristan Jari starts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're good when Jari starts. Um, but that's the problem is I don't know if they're going to put in five. Yeah. Or if they're just going to ride him and and they're going to win like you just brought it up earlier that Rangers game where they win one nothing. I just I think it really depends with that team on how you're betting them. Like if I was betting them and I didn't look at the line because I didn't bet on it, but like. I don't know what the Rangers line was before that. I probably would have just taken like Penguins money line if it was something reasonable, right? Like if it was like a minus 115, minus 120 because they're the home team, I would have taken it. I would guess it really wouldn't be any higher than that only because at the time that they played last Saturday, the Rangers were in second place and the Penguins were in third, but that win elevated the Penguins ahead of the Rangers. So I'm you're, sure it was five and a half. They're playing well. Five and a half is the over under. Yeah. But like I'm talking about just the money line. Like oh, if I'm, oh, if oh, I'm yeah. betting, if I'm betting a game like that, I probably just look Penguins money line there. But I don't know that I would touch the over under, especially with those two teams, right? Because you don't know. It could be five to four. It could be one to nothing. Like. Those are two teams that have goalies that could just take over a game this year uh, for whatever reason. Like Tristan Jari just went from not being able to save a beach ball on his glove side last year in the playoffs to looking like a top five NHL goaltender this year. But uh, and then you have obviously Shesterkin, who's arguably the best goalie in the league. Uh, But, yeah, I think it depends like with with the Penguins, how you're going to bet them. I would look to bet them a lot on money line situations against other good teams rather than looking for the over-unders in Penguins games. Makes sense. What? Arguably? You think it's an argument, Shesterkin or Vasilevsky? Yeah, I mean, probably. Um, I think Shesterkin's the best goalie in the league right now, but 
I'm sure there are people that would argue other goalies. So right now, if you're going to be uh, from where the seasons start, okay. wherever we are now, you can pick Andre Vasilevsky or you can take Shesterkin and you're trying to win the cup. You're going to take Shesterkin? Well, I think it depends on what we're looking at here. So you have Vasilevsky, who's number one in wins, right? You have Shesterkin, who's tied for first at 195 in goals against, and he has the highest save percentage in the league at 941. So my point is not – that's a whole different conversation, in my opinion, who are you taking to win the cup. I'm taking the guy that's done it before in that situation. Okay. However, I think if you look at goals against average and save percentage, nobody's been better than Shesterkin, right? If you're stopping 94%, you know, 0.941 uh, and you're stop and you're only giving up under two goals per game, which Swayman's the only other goalie in the league doing that. Um, I think you're, you're pretty much solidifying yourself. I think those stats are more important than wins and losses. And that's kind of how I look at, I look at goalies the same way as I look at pitchers in baseball, right? If I'm looking at a goalie, I care about your save percentage and I care about your goals against not necessarily your wins because you could go out there and have like DeGrom is a great example in baseball on that other side, right? The dude went out there and gave up like three earned runs in a month and didn't register a win because he'd pitch eight innings and give up one run. His ERA was under one and his team just couldn't score runs. If you're a goalie and you're stopping 94% of shots, giving up less than two goals a game and you don't have the most wins in the league, that doesn't mean the goalie with the most wins is better than you. It just means their team scores more. Yeah. Right. I see so how you're differentiating that. So that's the Shesterkin point, though. No, right. I like so, it. like, so like that's it. how that's how I'm looking at it. So, I would argue that Shesterkin this year is the best goalie in the league. However, I can understand people making the Vasilevsky argument. I just think that's the type of argument that if you're isolating this year, I don't know that you can really win that argument. I think when people think about that, they're looking at overall body of work over, let's say the last three to five years. Yeah. Obviously Vasilevsky has been the best goalie in the world. If you're looking at a time frame like that. Uh, but if we isolate it to this year, nobody's played better than Shesterkin through this regular season so far. Just, just dropping the bombs here. I love it. It's not really a bomb. I just like how you articulated that. Yeah, it's not about – well, I, I don't know. I don't like to make a point if I don't have something to back it up, right? Like, I'm not just going to be like, yeah, you know, Evan Rodriguez is the best player in the league, even though he is, um, and, then, <laughs> and, then not, and then not have stats to back it up, right? What? I mean, like, you got you to gotta have some supporting evidence for yeah. the point or nobody's going to take you seriously. Yeah, because now well, I kind of started that because it was just like – I more of an eye test in what he's done, Vasilevsky. The team's so good, but he's yeah. also even oh, with how good that team is. But you were more when you made the point. I didn't catch it when you made your statement of how you were thinking of a shorter window. Like yeah, you were I'm more thinking, focused on now. 
I'm thinking this regular season, the best goal. So I'm thinking Vezina, right? You are the best goal yeah, in okay, the league okay. this Vezina season. Argument. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's got to be Shosturkin, in my opinion. I think Vezilevsky's obviously up there. I mean, the dude's an incredible goaltender. Yeah. Um, Laid out like that, I'm not, I have nothing to disagree with you, obviously. Like, right. I, I love it. And that's, give my vote if I could. And that's the thing, right? Like, Vasilevsky, he leads the league and wins for goalies right now, but he doesn't really split time very much so he has the advantage of playing more games and he's just he has an unbelievable team in front of him too i think the rangers are much improved but if i could take the tampa bay roster with their forwards and defensemen i would take that over the rangers forward and defensemen today as a better unit for sure yeah hard not to Right, Hard like, not to. I think every I think everybody would, unless you're a diehard Rangers fan. But in that case, like you know, I'm sorry, <laughs> Derek. We want to go through your gambling blacklist before we pivot a little bit because I got something that's in Tude's wheelhouse. I want to make sure we make some time for it because I think it's fascinating what's going on with it. He probably knows what I'm thinking of, but I want to get us to uh, to Derek's blacklist because I know I want everyone who's a gambler here to have some valuable insight onto some trends we're seeing to why we don't bet on certain teams. So I would a hundred percent say the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I've said that before with them. But um, it, even with us joking aside with our fan hats on, if you take that off and just the type of team they are this year, very frustrating. Yeah. Extremely like, frustrating. Like one game they'll put up, three goals and you can bank on the over because the other team's going to put up four, obviously, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, but then on the other side of things, then there's games where they get just absolutely completely shut out and, you know, don't even come close to it, you know, like four, nothing. It's like, okay, well, you know, needed the help there. And I've bet for them, bet against them and I get screwed either way. So I stay away from them. Vegas is on mine as well. Vegas is really weird. Um, but I will say on the other side of things, though, Calgary has been winning me a oh. ton of money lately. Oh, my God. Dude, I love wagons. the Calgary Flames. I, and this know, is, this is, we're going to get into some futures before we transition to that point I made with Tudor. But, yeah. And remember I'm, the Flames. Another one that I've been low-key betting on a lot, too, whenever they're mentioned, is Columbus. Columbus has been rolling lately with the goals. Not necessarily, like, wins, losses. but Overs. Yeah, they've been they've been crushing it three four goals a game roughly, um, and uh, and the way they're banged up too that you know the, uh, they're just in high scoring games. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I just I'm trying to think of who else I really try to stay away from. The Pens have definitely been getting on there because I try and take them, and then I usually just because you can't get good odds on them to win money line. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do it because they're. Yeah, I would love rolling. to take that money line, but I got to usually. And now that they have with something else. Now that they have future Hall of Famer Evan Rodriguez at the helm, just playing like an absolute gem. Who's that other guy? Who's the captain? Some Sidney Crosby. Yeah, that, he's pretty good too. I'm just kidding, Toads. Relax. <laughs> the fire lit up in him a little bit there. Um, um, I'm, hey, I mean, dude, I really how is Gino looking? He scored the only goal of the game uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, he looked – it was it was funny because early on in the game, the Rangers kind of like – they dominated the first period with shots, ended 0-0. And then in the second period, 
Um, the Penguins came out, evened it up in shots, really caught their stride, and Gino kind of just cut through the slot, got fed uh, toward the back door, and he just buried one. And um, it was funny because there was a guy that was like probably four rows behind me that he was a Penguins fan, but I wanted to punch him in the mouth so bad. Uh, because he was one of those guys that would be like really loud in a game, but you could tell really doesn't understand the game. He just knows who all the players are and watches every game. So he thinks he does. Mm-hmm. And like they're on the power play and he'd be like, stop trying to make it look cute. Like shot, like get the puck on that. And it's like, dude, they literally just went tic-tac-toe and got a guy open on the back door and, for a perfect shot and Shusterkin just made an unbelievable save. But like, what do you want him to do? Skate across the blue line and flick it on that every time? Like it didn't make sense. Yeah. And then he, in the first period he goes, he's like, yeah, Gino, don't try too hard. You never try. And then I thought it was hilarious that like five minutes later, Gino scores. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> And then he was buzzing the rest of the game, right? Because you know how that is as a player, and I'm sure it's like that for the NHL guys, where like you get that play early in the game or halfway through the game where you bury one or you make a nice play. It kind of lights that fire in you, and you're skating a little bit you know, more confidently the rest of the game. You could tell that happened with Gino on Saturday afternoon. So hopefully he continues to build that. He doesn't have a ton of goals this year, but he missed. I think he only has like six or seven right now, but he missed a ton of time at the beginning of the season because he got knee surgery. So Mm. he's easing back in. You can tell when he skates right now. He can turn it on when he really wants to, but I think he's still not going all out on that knee. I hear you. I definitely hear you. Derek. Is that the conclusion of your blacklist thus far? Yeah, I really haven't. I haven't been as adamant as you um, on that. Fair um, enough. I Fair enough. You know what these apps should do on a side note is what these apps should do is you can you should be able to create like a, a list of teams that you can't bet on. So create a blacklist in the app, but you send a verification code to like somebody else that you trust and they put like a four digit pin on it or whatever. So your account literally won't let you bet on those teams unless that person puts the pin in for you. You're just, just tech ideas after tech ideas with you. huh? That's what, that's what it really should be. Right. Because I've done the same shit before when I was using bookies over text messages. And I literally told one of my bookies, I was like blacklist Notre Dame. If I ever text you on a Saturday and try to bet Notre Dame football, do not take my bet. He was like, okay. So what did I do the next week? I texted a different bookie and I bet Notre Dame because I'm a freaking idiot. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it'd be cool if they if they had a feature like that. Obviously, they wouldn't want to because the reason you're blacklisting them is because you're you don't losing win. money yeah. and they don't ever want to stop people from losing money on their platforms. Um, but, yeah, it'd be kind of cool if you could do that. Yeah. It's a very interesting thought. It is for sure. This guy's uh, yeah. this guy's making me think today. I love it. Very insightful too. It's not that you're not always. It's just I feel like I'm buzzing today. I don't. I, know. I don't know. What did you did you have a green tea before this? What do you? What's this? I did. Here? I did kind of fire up a cup of coffee because I've been going to the office all week for the first time in like two years. So uh-huh. kind of draining, right? Like I've I've gone from chilling at home all day to like being around people for eight nine hours. So yeah, it's. Uh, 
you know. Yeah. You got to say hi to everybody, ask them how they're doing, acting like you give a shit and, you know, doing all that good, that good Samaritan social stuff. But I'm, uh, yeah, I'm feeling good tonight. I'm kind of buzzing. Um, Yeah. 1045 puck drop. Yeah. 1040. Well, that's part of why I had a coffee when I got home too. Cause I was like, shit, like I got to make it to 1045 tonight before we even start our beer league game. Like, come on. These, the worst too is like, we'll get those rotations, right? Anyone that plays beer league can, can understand where we're coming from here, but you always get the late slots, right? Cause they're going to give the kids and the youth teams like the right after school or work practice times, which sure it makes sense. Your 10 year old doesn't need to practice at 10 o'clock at night, but it's tough. Like, cause it seems like we get like that Wednesday, Thursday or Friday slot. And every time we get uh, scheduled on a Friday, they give us like the eight 30 or nine o'clock start. And then they'll schedule us on a Wednesday and it'll be the 1045. Like, dude, just give me the Wednesday at like nine o'clock and it'd be way better. But I don't know. That's my little rant about beer league scheduling that everybody probably feels. (laughs) You can't put everyone in the same time slot. Yeah. It's just how the, how the cookie crumbles in the words of uh, the great Bruce almighty. Um, I was at a Sabres game when they recorded that being said when I was young before I was, they were at a Sabres game, they brought a camera out onto the big, into uh, the the center of the ice during the intermission. They said they were like, we're filming an extra thing for a new movie that's takes place in Buffalo starring Jim Carrey. And they had everyone say, that's the way the cookie crumbles on like three. And they did it a bunch of times and that's about it. So that, that I don't know true. if they were getting the audio from it or Maybe. whatnot, but yeah. Yeah, I think it was probably – my guess is that if they were going to go with the, the Sabres winning the Stanley Cup more in depth, I think that's probably what they were going to – Yeah, so. for sure. That's awesome. So yeah. you – so so you're a, a Hollywood film star essentially. Oh, that's just the first of it, buddy. The second of it is <laughs> I, I got screen time on a Netflix film, buddy. Come on. I don't know this. Do you, do, I not know, know this? do you get royalty checks for like 25 cents a month or what? No, but I got paid a hundred dollars to stand in the background and eat a bunch of pizza over the course of like five hours. So yeah. How bad. many, pe- how many pieces did you take down in five hours? Probably like two or three. And then there was a bunch yeah. of snacks oh, and stuff. That's, I that's mean, there's stuff. like green, green room snacks. There's everything. I thought you were going to give us something there, Derek. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, no. I put down 26 pieces of pizza. No, no, no. I can't be that greedy. I got to look good for the camera, you know? <laughs> Got seven no, stains on her shirt. Yeah, it was the movie. Were free. It was the movie Marshall in 2016? They filmed it in Buffalo. Um, they were staying at the hotel that I worked at, and they asked us if we wanted to come down and watch one of the scenes, like last day of filming. And then we were watching it, and the guy like turned over to us and he was like, "You guys want to be in it? We need some extra people for the last scene." It's like I got nothing going on. There you go. Did it, and yeah, there's um, you can see my mustache face yeah because i had a beard at the time and they made me shave the beard because it was a 1940s piece and only bums had beards in the 1940s so bet your ass i was in a nice suit suit and uh a 40s uh, a nice 40s suit and a, a nice mustache with a nice comb over going on so all right we'll have to find some screen grabs of this for sure yeah, if, I, if I knew that this was coming up, I would have prepared for it. No, that's okay. We can we can save it for another time for a rainy day. <laughs> Netflix star Derek Hoskin. Love yeah. it. Um, 
Tudes, another piece I know, you know, we're, we, we cover kind of, you know, we don't discriminate as far as the athletics, you know, we like to cover things. What in the hell are they doing in Major League Baseball? Manfred's I, go, man. I mean, what am I supposed to do when all the other sports are over and I got some, you know, got that itch at 2.30 and I realized the White Sox are playing the Tigers and I want some first five over action. What am I going to do? Uh, you know, what, It's unbelievable. Uh, I'll get you the links that I used to use um, early on in COVID for the Korean Baseball League. Uh, when oh, they were boy. playing, um, hey, your Buffalo Bisons so, are unaffected. Yeah, KB, KBL, but yeah, I mean, basically, from what I've understood, like, so the the owners and the players were going into negotiations, obviously, and the players the that players, make of millions of dollars. The rookie, I didn't realize how terrible yeah, but like, the young I, contracts yeah, but the are. Owners, the owners are all billionaires. Oh, like, I know. You know what I mean? And like, basically, what happened is. It was like over COVID or something, even like the the franchise values have all like gone up. And I saw like some stats. It was like um, the uh, like the combined values of like the teams since the owners have since the current owners have taken ownership of teams. Um They've gone up like $41 billion. So, like, the owners are making more money in Major League Baseball than they ever have before. And the the players were seeking more money, obviously, in the new deal for increased pay. Uh, But a couple of the proposals the owners were coming back from, because in baseball, there's, there's no salary cap, but there's a luxury tax amount. So, essentially teams wanted to make a salary or the union wanted to make a salary floor, right? So that an owner has to pay at least a certain amount on their payroll to their players uh, with contracts. And a lot of, a lot of leagues have this, right? Like the NHL has, has that you have to get to the minimum. That's why some teams take bad contracts from guys that aren't really playing anymore and get future draft picks for it, stuff like that. Um, But the owners were kind of pushing back and then they said, well, we'll restructure the way that payouts from the pie, let's call it work, but we're not going to increase the size of the pie. So you're not going to get any more money. We just might restructure the way that things are paid. And then players are like, well, what the fuck? Like you guys are making way more money. Like why can't some of that get distributed to us who are the product making you the money? Um, so yeah, it's a mess right now. They already announced yesterday that the first two series of the year have been canceled, um, and those games aren't going to be made up. Players are not going to get paid for missed games, so it's kind of a disaster right now, to say the least. I just find it really crazy that the sport with the most amount of money like has a lockout. It's just it's crazy. Well, I mean, I think it's anything, right? I think it's because. It's all pro sports, right? Because at the end of the day, we forget that, yes, these players are millionaires, or a lot of them are, Mm -hmm. but the owners are all billionaires. And 
there's always going to be that friction, right? Of like, well, we want more money because we're the product that's, it's like any company, right? Like the CEO gets paid however many millions of dollars every year. And then you've got the dude that's in the entry level job doing a lot of the customer facing grunt work, making 40 K it's like what there isn't equity there. Right. But Owners are like, well, I own the team. I can do what I want with the money. And then players are like, you know, fuck you. You're not making that money if I'm not doing it for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I get I get where the struggle is. And that's in every sport, right? I mean, yeah. how many – there's a lot of – there's a lot of sports – there's a lot of sports fans that probably don't even know who owns their favorite team. But I yeah. bet you they know all their favorite players, right? I mean, in Buffalo, it's probably less likely because everyone hates the Pagula. <laughs> um, and well, and hear about is how much the are, are owned by them. So yeah, I think that's but like, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people across sports that you know they're fans of a team that couldn't tell you who the owner is because not everyone's as visible as a Jerry Jones. Um, and now you're getting a lot of ownership groups that come in too, right? So, like. Fenway Sports Group that owns like the Red Sox, Liverpool. Uh, they own now part of the Penguins. Like they're definitely having a pretty diverse portfolio in terms of sports, but those owners are just part of an ownership group, right? They're looking at it as part of their investment portfolio. Like, you know, Mario Lemieux has a close personal relationship with Sidney Crosby. Nobody in Fenway Sports Group gives a fuck about Sidney Crosby other than the fact that he's bringing in money because he puts butts in the seats and he gives them a chance to make playoff runs. Well, the only right. time that they're nervous is when he's going to retire, probably. Right, exactly. So it's like that's where I think a lot of people – like, I think a lot of people vilify players in situations like this because they're like – why don't these guys just play? I wish I could make millions of dollars to play a game instead of go to my day job, but I don't have that option. It's like, well, no, you also have to understand, like, it's not that they aren't thankful they're making millions of dollars. Like I'm sure they're all, or most of them understand that's a privilege. However, doesn't mean you're still not getting dicked around a little bit. Right. Like, I couldn't agree more, man. It's just a different scale. It's just, it's a different, it's it's a, it is a different scale. And I mean, I don't know, like that's where part of these ownership groups, like I'm not a huge fan of it only be for those reasons. Right. I think it kind of dehumanizes players in a way, because when you're part of a group, it's an investment where I'm not saying you're not making an investment if you're an individual owner, but like there's no doubt in anyone's mind to love him or hate him. Jerry Jones loves the Dallas Cowboys more than anything on this earth, right? That's not just an investment for him. Like that is his passion project, right? And, you know, same thing can be said about like Mark Cuban and the man. He's like the little kid that loves the farm cat that just hugs it so tight he murders it. And like, yeah, well, yeah, that's a whole other (laughs) conversation. But then like you look at Mark Cuban with the maps, that dude is an entrepreneur, has such a big portfolio that like he doesn't need the Mavericks to make money. That's his passion project. That's what he loves and does for fun. I love seeing owners like that rather than these ownership groups or, you know, kind of distant disconnected individuals you can tell like, he does it for the fans too because he oh, has totally. so much fucking money 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, at the end of the day, the way that I look at it is if you're in the, if you are in the business of like, if you're in the business of owning sports teams and you're there to make a quick buck, you're in the wrong business. I feel like the best owners are the ones that give a shit about their fan base and don't really care about money because when you don't care about money, you win championships and championships bring money in the end. So yeah, it's are you, a, are you speaking as a frustrated Buffalo fan? Yes. Okay. Yes, completely. But yeah. I, mean, I saw Terry Pagula in the crosshairs of, yeah. of your. Uh, I mean, this there. goes back to Tom Galisano too. If you want to go, you know, yeah, you want to you want to get even deeper on it. But I mean, it, I, yeah. I, but it can go across the board. I bet you could apply it to a handful of different ownerships. And We're just closest like to this one. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Well, and I think it's frustrating too because this is a situation in Buffalo where it is a good example of an ownership, an owner not putting the team first, putting like the costs and revenue first, which I understand the super it yacht, is, baby. The super yacht. I understand it is a business, but it's like, dude, if you want to just go chill on your yacht, you make enough money like drilling oil that like you never had to dabble in this. You fucked up enough people in Pennsylvania's houses with their get with the gas lines to, yeah. to make them to sit on your yacht at the end of the day. Sorry, just you know, vilifying some frustrations <laughs> with uh, our current ownership. You know, yeah, it's and, also, uh, their, it's, and it's, also their questionable ways of how they've made money in the past. It's just, it's all the frustrations of Buffalo hockey fans summed up into one segment on a podcast. But meanwhile, over in <laughs> over in NFL land, every single reporter is asking every single rookie if they want to play with Josh Allen and where eating it up just yeah. all day right you gotta love that who wouldn't want to play with that guy what a beauty um but on that note um we're about at it with time i just wanted to give you know another thanks to everyone who listens all the ones that follow everyone who follows the brand skateskins just dishing us here just dishing it obviously all under one umbrella but giving us the time in your day for 50 of these episodes i don't have a beverage but Cheers to 50 more. My great crew here. Wittick, who can't be with us with all the designs and everyone else, all the other team members that crush it for everything we do. And uh, not possible without the followers and the fans and the listeners. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll be back for 51. Your boys number in beer league. What's up? We'll be back for that one next week. Peace.